0: For that. She got a rash, and the the nurse told her that she didn't like that rash. You know, she went to the cancer doctor and said, I'd like to have something fix this. Am I okay? And the nurse said, Don't take this the wrong way, but that's a good thing. Have the rash on the skin. So I guess that means it's working too. So not only is she not suffering very much right now, but it may be working. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, we trust God that it is, but we don't know, right? We trust by faith. And so uh, we just believe that He is. So these little signs. Little handfuls on purpose, right? That we'll just glean as we go along That he's been blessing us And so, praise the Lord That's where we are And turn your Bibles to Psalm 78 Turn your Bibles to Psalm 78 I'm gonna get out for you visitors Or those that don't come all the time I'm gonna set me a timer here So I promise you I won't keep you all day, All right, But we just have one service today And we're gonna eat here and have a good time So just relax and enjoy the Lord That's what I will do If I was you, I'd just enjoy it and and listen to what God would have to say in in Psalm 78. We'll be in Matthew as well, but we, we won't need to turn there. We'll be for a majority of the time here in psalm 78 psalm 78 these psalms a lot of them are are really prayers you know and they're just joyful they're 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 a blessing and so uh, pastor Craig he sent me a text and said you know our theme is showers of blessings and he said you don't have to preach on necessarily that he just just letting you know if God leads you in that direction that's just our theme and of course we opened up the uh, service today with that that great old hymn and, and so we uh, thought about the blessings of God and the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the, uh, uh, you know, how good he's been to us and how, uh, you know, really if there was no more blessings, if today the blessings stop, God's still good and God's still great and he's still done all that needs to be done in mine in your life for him to be considered a good God in mine and your life. So I thought about some scripture in Psalm 78. It's a reminder here of God's goodness to Israel. These are, and the, and uh, and, the, Brother Daniel was uh, singing and he said, this song was for Ida, you know, for Travis and for what they're going through and it talks about uh, the the goodness of God, you know, and it talks about, uh, it even mentioned when they was crossing the the Red Sea and it seemed like there was no way, but God made a way. So this is, and imagine that, that this is a reminder. So I do think that we're in God's mind and God's will this morning because this text here is a reminder it is a reminder of how good God was to Israel. Referring to that time when they was in the wilderness and that time when they was in a place of drought or they was in a place of, uh, in a valley, I guess. They was in a hard place, it looked like. But really, it was God's provision, God's protection, God's help the whole way through this this wilderness. And, and so they ask a question here. Let's read beginning in verse one. I'm gonna read, Read a good bit of the verses because I want you to get the context of what's happening here in the scripture in the life of the Israelites. Give ear, O my people, to my law and incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of our Lord. And his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. Which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born. Who should arise and declare them to their children. Uh, not really the message today, but there's a lot of young children in this church this morning. Uh, I've been to bigger churches that has less young people. So that's a great blessing of the Lord. That's a shower of blessing in this church to have a lot of young people. And it's talking about the generation needs to tell the next generation it wasn't something to see our old brother letting the young sister, the young granddaughter do the singing. Somebody's got to do it when they're long gone. Praise the Lord. If we make it another 150 six years, there's going to need to be another generation carrying the torch. We'll we'll be long gone, I promise you. Uh, Verse 7, they said that, that they, and here's the reason why, that they might set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, they turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in the law and forget his works and his wonders that he showed to them. Here's really what I want to get to, these works and these wonders. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers. In the land of Egypt, in the field of Zohan, this is when they're in the wilderness leaving Egyptian captivity. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with the light of fire. and uh, and he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, and here's my message today, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? "'Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out "'and the streams overflowed. "'Can he give bread also? "'Can he provide flesh for his people? "'Therefore the Lord heard this and was wrong. "'So a fire was kindled against Jacob, uh, "'a fire was kindled against Jacob, "'and anger also came upon against Israel, "'because they believed not in God "'and trusted not in his salvation.' though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food, not just regular food, angels' food. He sent them meat to the full and not only little but a lot, enough, full. He caused an east wind to blow into heaven and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled. And he gave them of their own desired. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us now for these next few minutes, God. Pray, Lord, you'd bind any demonic oppression or distraction, God, and let us go to church and let us hear what God would have to say from the word of God. I pray, Lord, you'd touch me and help me. Lord, give me power and unction. Give me clarity of mind and focus on the message, Lord, be able to deliver in a timely manner. Lord, for everything that you do in the heart, Lord, I give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here in the scripture, in this passage of scripture, uh, they were asking the question, can God provide a table in the wilderness? Can God furnish what we need in the wilderness? Because in the wilderness, it was a dry and barren land. In the wilderness, it looked like there was no hope. In the wilderness, there was no hell. In the wilderness, it was hot during the day and it was cold at night. Those of you that have been overseas, it's like that still. In the daytime, you'd be taking layers off, but at nighttime, you'd be putting layers zone. It gets really cold in that land. And and they're like, can God do anything out here? We're in the middle of nowhere. We're running from our enemy. We're uh, And even though they saw blessing after blessing, they still uh, denied God. They still questioned God. They still tempted God. And, and they said, can God provide a table? Can he furnish a table in the wilderness? I come to tell you today, by the help of the Holy Ghost, yes, he can. Yes, he can furnish a table in the wilderness. And I don't know where you are today, I don't know what barren season. I don't know what barren land. I don't know what dark valley. I don't know what hardship. I know the one I'm going through. And if I ask the question to myself, can God take care of my problem? Can God help me in this wilderness? Can God give me a drink when I'm thirsty? Can he give me food when I'm hungry? Can he give me help? Can he give me friendship when I'm lonely? And the answer is yes, he can. He can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. They had no way to provide water. but he brought it out of a rock. They had no way to provide food, but he opened up the heavens and dropped it from the sky. They had no way to make it on their own, but they asked the question, can God do it? I believe they ask in doubt, but me and you can say with a surety, without a doubt at all, oh yes he can. God can provide your table. He can furnish your table. He can give you what you need today. It's an unlimited supply. Grace and mercy abound. Hey, there's Plenty to go around. You do not have to question God this morning, wondering if He's real, wondering if He's able. Friend, not only is He real, but He's well able. He can do for you what you've been praying about. He can fix you, He can help you, He can save you this morning. Well, look at some things that He did here with them. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness when there's no hope? There's hope in the Lord. Yes, he can. What is it that you think God can't do? What is it that you're asking him to do but you've yet seen it come through? What is that thing in your life where you say there's no way out? There's no way out. Can God do it for you? Yes, he can. Number one, can he satisfy? Can he satisfy? Verse 14 said, In the daytime also he lit them with a cloud and all the night with the light of a fire. Nothing can bring joy like the Lord. Can he satisfy? Yes he can. He can satisfy them. To be satisfied is to have joy. To be satisfied is to be happy. To be satisfied is to be filled. It is to have all the longings taken care of. All the shortcomings made up. And can God satisfy? Yes he can. He gave them a cloud by day and he gave them a fire by night. He provided shade in the day and he provided heat by the night, uh, friend. I, I cook, I burn, I heat my house with a wood stove, and and I have heating and air conditioning, and sometimes we'll run the heat. But let me say this: there's no heat like that wood stove. When I go out to the barn and get my split wood that I've split during the summer, and I bring it into the house and put it by the fireplace, and I stoke that book stove full with that fire. Oh, and just it takes a little while, you know. Good things sometimes take a little while, you know. So you're waiting on it to heat. Up. You're waiting on the blower to kick on. You're waiting for it to come, all, oh, but you're cold. Oh, and the wife's complaining, just kick on the heat. Just just kick on the AC. Just, just kick it on and let it run. It'll do the work. No, honey, I'm telling you, let's just wait. Not only am I saving a little bit of money, but wait till you feel this heat, and you wait, and you wait so you get your hot cup of cocoa, or you may get your blanket, and you feel like, man, it's cold and drafty in this old house. Give that cast iron some time to heat up and that blower fan, that kick on, And I promise you the heat that comes off that stove, oh, the fire coming out of that stove. Friend, it's like, my goodness, the coat comes off and the water bottles come out. And you're like, man, I tell you what, I've never felt heat like this. This is sure some satisfying heat. Something about that cold stove, something about that heat from that fire, it is able to satisfy the bones. It is able to satisfy the flesh. Feel good in my house. I feel comfortable in my house. It's a satisfying heat. There ain't nothing like the heat from that old buck stove. And I remember when I used to work on the railroad and it'd be burning hot out there. Now it's was cold in the house at wintertime and I needed the heat of the stove. But in the summertime, it's hot and I need a cool, refreshing wind. I need some colder temperature to satisfy me. Isn't that like uh, in the season of summer, we're begging for it to get cold. And when it gets cold, Old. we'll be begging for it to get hot I'm glad God made seasons ain't that so satisfying <laughs> can he satisfy yes he can and I'd be out there on that railroad working on the rail by them rocks and they say it's always about 20 to 30 degrees hotter on the rail so man it'd be if it was 90 degrees outside it'd be 120 on the rail oh you'd be burning up sweating oh you'd be really unsatisfied it didn't matter how much they paid you you'd be like man this is bad man this is hot I, I can't take no more, I just need, oh I just need a break from this heat, the sun beating and bearing down, just for all of a sudden to come by, big old cloud and the big old cloud to go over the sun, you don't pay attention to it much when you're in the car with the AC you don't pay attention to it much when you're inside the house with the air conditioner, but when you're out in the sun, just one cloud covering it up, it gives you time on that railroad to say oh man, do you feel the wind, can you feel the shade, oh that's so sad Satisfying that in the middle of my heat he can provide shade. I said, can he satisfy? If it was no different for the Israelites in their day, out there it was burning hot. There was no shade in the wilderness. There was no comfort out there. It said he led them by the cloud by day. It wasn't just so they could see it, no. I believe the cloud was big enough that it gave them shade for their journey. Hey, can he satisfy them? Oh, yes, he can And at night when the sun would go down and it'd get real cold and no blanket would do. The Bible says he'd lead them by fire by night. Not only just for sight. I believe it warmed them up. I believe he was satisfying them on their journey. He was bringing them joy when it looked like it was no fire. Nobody likes to be stranded. Nobody likes to be on a long hike with no water. Nobody likes to be in the wilderness. Nobody likes to, let me put it where we live, Nobody likes to live in trial Nobody likes to live in the valley Nobody likes to be put through the fire Nobody likes the hardships of life But I am glad in the middle of those God is still able to satisfy me I can have joy in tribulation I can have a smile in heartache I can have happiness even in sorrow Because God can God can satisfy you this morning Not only can he satisfy But can he supply Can he supply? Yes, he can. Look at what the Bible says in verse 20. Behold he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? And then God gives them flesh out of the sky. It says that he smote the rock and the water gushed out. Can he supply the need? Can he supply what you need? Yes he can. Out there in the wilderness they didn't have no water and they was running from the Egyptians. They must have run out of their canteen supply and they was arguing with God. They was complaining with God. They was Saying we're going to die out here of thirst. There's nowhere to get no water. There ain't no river nowhere. There ain't no creek nowhere. There ain't no streams nowhere. How in the world can he take care of us? Can he furnish the table in the wilderness? And when they needed the thirst, when they needed some hydration, when they needed water and bread, the Bible says that he smote that rock. See, he told him that he told Moses to go and get the water out of the rock. You remember, one time to smite it, one time not. But we're not talking about a little stream. We're not talking about just a little creek. We're not talking about you know in West Virginia we can drive up in the mountains and somebody will have a pipe sticking out the side of the hill and you can get you some fresh spring water. Hey that's good water and I love it. But we're not talking about a little pipe with a little stream water. No. We're talking about a million people in the wilderness. And we're talking about that they all got to drink. All the animals got to drink. All of them got to wash clothes and all of them got to bathe. We're not just talking about a little stream that God they come out of a rock that they fashioned up some way to catch it. No, we're talking about a river of water. We're talking about a sure enough miracle when they had nothing to drink, when they had nothing to eat. The water came out. I'm talking about a river of water, a sure enough miracle in their place where they had nothing to drink and they had nothing to eat. Verse 25 says about the food that they sent me to the full, that he sent them to the full not only did he give them just enough to get by but he gave them enough food to fill their bellies a friend in the middle of the wilderness can God supply their need their need was that they needed water their need is that they needed food and he supplied every need can God supply this morning yes he can he can supply your need I don't know what it is that you're needing but hey friend I remember when I was on that railroad, and God called me to preach, and I didn't have no job to preach nowhere, so I kept working on the railroad. I'd preach when I could, and I'd work on the railroad. I'd tell them boys on the railroad, I'd tell them, I ain't gonna last out here, I don't believe. I don't think I'll retire on this railroad. They say, well, why not? You're crazy. This is a great job. Oh, and it was, and I made a pile of money, easy six figures, and it was a great job to have. I said, I don't know. God's doing something in my life. And they said, well, what is it? I said, I don't even know what it is. I can just tell there's more to life than working on this railroad. I don't want you to quit your job this morning, but if God says leave it, can he supply? Yes, he can. He told me to leave that railroad job. I took assistant pastor of a church and within two years I went from making over six, I meant making six figures in two years at that church to them coming to me and telling you I can't pay you none at all. We're going to have to just cut you off and can't pay you. You can still preach if you want and you can still serve and teach the youth, but we can't give you no money. I went from I went, I went from a whole lot uh, to a nothing, friend, and, and zero is a dollar amount. When they'd ask me at the bank how much you make, I'd say, I make zero. They'd say, well, you don't make nothing. I said, no, no, I do make something. It's a zero, friends, what I make. Now, it's still a dollar amount. Don't say I ain't working for my wage. Now, and so anyway, I'd work there, and I, I'd say, God, what you want me to do? Huh? I said, God, I thought you told me to come to this church. Huh? I said, God, I thought you wanted me here and through a process of time and a long story God was doing something in our life to change our life and to do some things in our life and so I didn't have nowhere to go. I didn't have nowhere to preach. The railroad was not an option. I had burned them bridges and sent myself for the glory of God. I didn't know what to do so I started doing odd jobs. I'd fix a roof and I'd patch a hole or I'd paint a wall or I'd cut a grass. I'd do whatever I could to try to make Make some money to put some food and some water in my family's mouth. Uh, I'd do whatever God would allow me to do. I didn't have a whole lot of meetings at the time because I was assistant pastor. I was dedicated to the church. I'd have a meeting here and there. I'd go preach a meeting and come home and I'd paint houses. I'd go preach and I'd come home and paint. I'd go preach and come home and paint. I said, God, I don't know what you're wanting to do with me in my life, but we're in great need. Uh, I feel like I'm in a wilderness. Uh, I feel like I'm in a Season and a barren land. I said, God, I don't really hear or know what to do. I said, so here's what I'll do. I said, I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. I'll keep painting and I'll keep preaching. And if you keep paying my bills, I'll keep painting and I'll keep preaching. I said, but if you don't pay my bills, I guess you're done with me, and I'll go back to the secular world. And friend, I just kept painting and I just kept preaching, and here we are, years later now. And as you can tell by looking at me. I ain't like nothing. It wasn't always easy. But can he supply? Yes, he can. He never missed a meal. My kids are doing fine. We got all that we need. Because he can supply the need in a barren land. Can you trust him to supply? Yes, you can. I'm ever, hey, I'm a living testimony that says when you have nothing and nobody, God still has a way. That he can supply this morning. Can he supply? Yes, he can. Not only can he supply, look here. Can he strengthen? Can he strengthen? Verse 25 says, man that eat angels' food, can he strengthen? Now, we're talking about supernatural food. We're not talking about normal food. Now, just a little bit ago, you know, the kids, they want McDonald's. They want them chicken nuggets and, and the apple juice and all that stuff, you know. Coca-Cola's and all that. I can't stand McDonald's. I ain't going to lie to you. Having them kids, I'm eating it all the time. Now, look, if that's all that I got, praise the Lord, he supplied the need. But I bet you he's got something better than McDonald's. I know that he does. He, he does. He's got a Chick-fil-A. He's got something better than McDonald's. Amen. Praise the Lord. I ain't complaining. I'm just glad I can go. But we're not talking about no fast food. We're not even talking about good home cooking. I bet you here. I bet you here in just a minute. We're gonna eat some good. Food. I guarantee. I missed breakfast today on purpose, <laughs> just so I can dig in with both elbows deep in some food today. I guarantee it's gonna be good. But we're just not talking about potluck. We're just not talking about homecoming service. We're not talking about a picnic spread. He said the food that I gave you, it was angels' food. I'm talking about what they eat in heaven. I didn't even think we well, had. Had to eat in there, but they must have something because God says he gave them angels food. We're talking about supernatural food. It was enough to keep them going. Some of y'all want to quit. And some of y'all want to give up. Some of y'all are doubting God, but he has a way supernaturally. I know we don't like that word in the Baptist community, but the Holy Ghost is still real. God still can do today what he did in the word of yesterday. He still has a way to help. He still has to make a way. And friend, don't doubt God. He has a supernatural way of taking care and strengthening us for the journey. Hey, don't quit now. Even when you're weak, that's God's strength in action, friend. You're the strongest at your lowest point. I can't always figure out the Bible. He says the first shall be last. The last shall be first. To To be the best is to be the servant. And even here, God has a way of taking care of us. When we're at our Weakest point. Do you know there was someone else fed by the same angel's food that there was in the wilderness? It was Elijah by an old juniper tree, and he felt like giving up and he felt like quitting. And the Bible says that an angel came and baked him a cake, set it up by his head. He didn't even have to set up meat, he just rolled over and ate the angel's food. And friend, he went 40 days on that meal. Do you know it was supernatural? I can't go 40 days without a meal, on one meal. Look, I love a good plate of cream chip beef and gravy. That's my favorite thing ever I've ever ate, I believe, on toast. But I can't eat as much as I want of that. I can't hardly make it a day before I'm hungry again. Why? Because there's something not supernatural about that. But when God has a way to strengthen me and you, it's a supernatural way. It's a supernatural food. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. And Elijah ate that food and he made 40 days. Deuteronomy 29 5 says this I have led you 40 years now Elijah went 40 days on one meal and now they're going 40 years in the wilderness this is what the Bible says you don't have to believe it. It's still true today. The Bible says your clothes are not waxing old upon you and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. Do you know what that means? In English he said you've been out here in the wilderness in the hard land for 40 years and the same shirt you had on when you started is just as fresh and good and new as it was when you began. The shoes that are on your feet, they didn't have no Cadillac. They didn't have no pickup trucks. They walked everywhere that they went and they used sandals at that. Not no Jordan's friend and their sandals the Bible says they were still just as new as they were when they started on the journey. Why? Because God has a supernatural way of meeting the need and supplying the strength. Can he strengthen you today? I know you think there's nothing left. I know you feel like giving up. I know you think it's all a joke. But I promise you today, if you would give your troubles to the Lord, he has a way of strengthening us when we feel like winning. He has a way of strengthening us when we feel like giving out. Can he strengthen today? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I remember we was running in the Marines, you know. We ran all the time in the Marines. We even ran in our sleep. And we run, run, run. And uh, you get up and you run. And you run to the chow hall. Then you run back to the barracks. Then you run back to the office. And you just run everywhere you went. And sometimes we run in formation. It wasn't an individual run. It'd be running in formation and you got a guy out there calling cadence, you know, and he's, he's calling cadence to keep us all running, you know, and keep us going and keep us motivated is really what it was, you know. Not only did it keep you motivated to keep running, hearing that cadence and yelling it back, it kind of took your mind off what you're doing as well. You're paying attention to repeating what he had to say. Not only that, any, I don't know if there is some runners in here and maybe you've been thinking about running and just try to run and scream the whole time while you're running. <laughs> It'll really make you be able to run a lot better in a long run. It, it's hard to run and scream and holler when you can barely breathe. So they did that too because it made our lungs, and made us stronger, okay? Everything they did had a point. But we'd be running in them things and, and some people could run better than others. Can I get a witness? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's some of us in here that could flat out take off and leave the rest of us in the dust. That's just the truth. That's the way it is. And the uh, same way was in the Marines. Not everybody was as strong as the other person. And sometimes you'd start off on them, on them, on them runs, on them, they, they call it a motivational run, you know. <laughs> like you're supposed to be happy about it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we going on a moto run, what they call it, you know. And so everybody'd get ready, boy, you'd start running out. You'd be in your platoon, the guy'd be calling. Sometimes they'd change out who calls, you know, that does a, and you're just running. Well, after running for a little while, every now and then, somebody would not be able to keep up. And they would start falling back in the pack. Now, the pack's still going. We're not going to quit running just because one or two or ten quit running. you you got to keep on running. And the one, two, or ten that is lacking and falling back, they're not quitting running either. They're just not keeping up with the rest of the rest of the pack. And so we'd be running there for a while. Now some of us were real good runners and we had the ability to literally run circles around the platoon as they ran forward. They would make us do that. I was one of them. I'm skinny, you can tell. Skinny and long leg. They all thought I could run real well. So we'd be running in circles around the platoon as they're running forward. Yeah, and so you'd be running around while somebody would fall out the pack. Some may be in the back. Maybe they had a rough night the night before. Maybe they just left out on their calisthenics. Maybe they wasn't keeping up doing what they're supposed to do. Maybe they was dehydrated. I don't know. But they was in great need, you could tell, because they could not keep up with everybody else. And what would happen is we wouldn't leave them in there behind. We wouldn't leave them. We wouldn't make fun of them. We wouldn't laugh at them. And we wouldn't even heckle them or give them a hard time. No, what we noticed was we can't finish until everybody finished. We're we're only as strong as our weakest link. And if our weakest link is falling out of the You don't leave them back there all alone, just so they can die in their pitifulness and their depression and their their discouragement. No, what they would do, they would send one of them good runners, and they'd send you all the way back, and so you'd run all the way back to where they were, and you'd come up behind them, and we wouldn't laugh at them, we wouldn't give them a hard time, we wouldn't tell them to quit and go home. No, what we would do was get behind them and say, "Come on, you can make it, you can do it. Just pick up your feet. We've already come four miles." we ain't got but three miles left. Just keep on running. Just keep on running. We're almost there. You know three miles is still a long way. But you'd be like, we almost there. Keep on running. And there was something about that strength. There was something about somebody else coming back with them. Somebody else coming to where they were and saying, you got this, I'm with you. We'd say, I ain't gonna leave you. I'd grab them by the arm like this. And I'd say, come on, let's get back up in there. They still had enough strength. It was enough encouragement. It was enough motivation for them to pick up their steps and get back in the run with everybody else. I just want to tell you tonight, I know we seem alone a lot of times in the Christian life, but aren't you glad the good Holy Ghost of God don't leave us back in our troubles. Don't leave us back in our problems. But he says they're falling out and getting weak. I run back to where they are. And he strengthens us with supernatural strength. And hey, we can make it to this fight. We can make it in this life. And hey, we can make it to the end. Because he can strengthen you this morning. Amen. And lastly, been preaching for 23 minutes. See, we're doing good. Praise the Lord. Can he strengthen? Yes, he can. When I say that and you feel like saying yes, he can, you go ahead and say it. It ain't gonna bother yes, me a bit. He can. Now sometimes you're like, yes, should I say that? You're going to help me if you do. Amen. Yes, he can. Yes, he With him, you can go another mile. With him, you can go another mile. Right. Amen. Look, I can't explain it. I haven't seen angel food drop out of heaven. But there's been plenty of times in my life I felt like I couldn't go another mile. Come on, preacher. Amen. <laughs> I'm in a season right now where me and my wife ought to feel like we can't go another mile. Yes, yeah. But there's something about the yes, Lord. Sir that he's able to strengthen me when I can't go another mile. He's always been right there. And friend, I know I know two months seems like a long time, but it's closer now than it was two weeks ago. You understand what I'm saying? I know time may drag, but I'm closer today than I was yesterday. You're closer today to your victory than you was yesterday. Hey, just keep going with God. Can he furnish your table in your wilderness? Yes, he can. Lastly, can he save? Amen. Can he satisfy? Oh yeah, he brings joy like no other. Amen. I've tried money, I've tried it all. I, ain't nothing satisfied me like the Lord. Right. Oh, I told you I had the big job. I had my, Look, I'm not against big job big money. Praise the Lord for that. Give what God get to the church and you, help it grow. I mean, praise the Lord. We need businessmen. We need somebody with a good job. Right. I ain't against that. Can he satisfy? Oh yeah. Can he supply? He supplied the need. Yes, sir. Oh, there's been there's been letters in the mail opened up. There've been insurance checks. There's been somebody just wanting to be a blessing. Send them. Hey, God has a way Amen. of taking care of our needs. Amen. And can he strengthen? Oh yes. He'll give you strength when you feel like quitting. Amen. Right. There may be some in here this morning. You'd be like, man, I'm about done with this. What? I've been there too. Yeah. On, you, you're not an outcast for thinking that. No, you you're just going through the process of being one of God's children. Amen. Every now and then he puts us in 1 Peter fiery trials, you know. Yeah. And test us. You might just be in a test. You say, God, I don't want to give up, but I feel like it. Oh, he'll give you strength. Right. And lastly, can he save? Notice what the Bible says in their story. It even said that they uh, uh, they doubted his salvation. But notice what it says there. <clears throat> verse 22 is where they trusted not in the salvation but look what it says in verse 2 see they didn't believe how are me and you saved we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ now by faith but we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ we repent of our sin why do we repent of our sin because we are agreeing now with what God said about our life how can you agree? We talked about that in Sunday school just for a second, but we talked about how can two walk together lest they agree? They must believe one another. So we must believe. They didn't believe. They did not trust, the Bible says, verse 22, in his salvation. Salvation is what? To be saved. Was he not saving them? Yeah, men, you know the story. We know the end of the book. We we know what God was doing. So men, you say, man, all that they're going through, this is just a salvation process. They're not in bondage no more. They're free and on their way to the promised land. Yeah, we are too. Amen. <laughs> Hey, friend, I know I know. right now it seems like a wilderness. I know right now it seems like a dark place. I know right now it seems like there's no order. But hang on, child of God. This is just a process of going from bondage to freedom. We've been made free by the Son. Who oh, the Son sets free is free indeed. We're no longer under the bondage of sin if you've been born again. And we're just now sojourners. We're just now... now strangers. We're just now pilgrims. We're on our way to the promised land. Even better, we're on our way to heaven. Hey friend, can he save? Yes, he can. But notice what it says. I want to point out this little thing here in verse 2. He says, i utter my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. What is the dark sayings of old? Matthew, if you want to turn, you can. Matthew 13, 35. Matthew 13, 35. I will utter dark sayings of old. Can he save them? Yes. yes, he can. Amen. What is this dark saying of old that he is uttering to the people of Israel? Notice what the Bible says. If you turn there, it's fine. You just have to trust me. 13 and 35, and we'll be done. It says this, that it might be fulfilled. There's some prophecy talk there. Which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parable. Oh, what about, let's go back. What Psalm 78, is that where we was? Yes, I will open my mouth in a parable. Is that what verse two says? Amen. Matthew 13, 35 says that it might be fulfilled. That means that the promise may come true. Or that means that the prophecy may be made manifest. Let me put it in in West Virginia terms. That just means what somebody said what happened a long time ago is getting ready to happen. (laughs) He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. Does that sound familiar, Brother Joe? That sounds familiar to me. And what does he say? He says, I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundations of the world. This is referring to this passage of scripture. And what, (laughs) praise the Lord, what is the dark saying? It is a secret that's been kept from the foundations of the world. And the foundations of the world's from the beginning. What was set up from the beginning that says he'll utter those dark sayings. What is the picture now that Psalm 7 78 is trying to show me and you. It's not just about a job. It's not just about food. It's not just about shoes. It's not just about clothes. I know I've been testifying, exhorting and preaching on all of those, but friend, we've gotta look deeper in the scripture than that. I'm just not glad because he's he ble- uh, gives me blessings, but I'm glad that he is the blesser. I love him for who he is, not just what he does. Verse 78, is not just about me and you Getting a new pair of boots today But it's about a dark saying That will be revealed From the foundations of the world And from the foundations of the world There's been set up a savior There's been set up a redeemer There's been set up someone Who would pay the sin debt So that me and you Could have the spiritual blessings That he's portraying to us in the flesh In Psalm 78 the dark secret is Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came to this world. He lived 33 sinless, spotless years. They took him to an old bloody cross of Calvary. He shed his blood on Calvary. They put him in a tomb. Three days later he rose by his own power. He rose to prove who he was. And because he rose from the dead, me and you can have eternal life. Me and you can have a forever home in heaven. You can be forgiven of your sin. You see, it's not just about being satisfied uh, that I have an air conditioner and a wood stove. Uh, It's not just about being supplied uh, that I have food and water to drink. Uh, It's not just about that I'm strengthened uh, because I can go another mile uh, but it's because Jesus Christ uh, has satisfied my soul. Uh, Jesus Christ uh, gave me joy and full of glory. Uh, Jesus Christ is the one uh, who supplied my greatest need. Uh, There's am in this building and I can tell about uh, a look in your eyes uh, that you need Jesus Christ. Uh, you lost it on your way to hell. Uh, the only need, you don't need a food. Uh, you don't need some water. Uh, you need the living water uh, and the bread of life. Uh, Jesus Christ uh, is the one uh, who supplies the need uh, which is forgiveness of sin. Uh, he shed the blood uh, so you could be forgiven. Uh, and without the blood shed, uh, there's no remission of sin more than I need McDonald's. I need a savior. I need a redeemer. And Jesus is the one that provides the strength when I can go on. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know why we can win? Do you know why we gonna make it? Cause we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting for victory. The reason I know we're gonna be alright. Have strength to be in the finish. Is because Jesus done done the work. Me and you can rest assured that since He done the work, He'll carry us on the glory. Can He save, friend? Yes, He can. He can save your life today. Amen. Yes, sir. It's all about Jesus. Will you play on a pen, or, or if we have someone that can do a invitation, whatever you want to do praise the Lord it's not just about getting your next meal though God has a way of doing that it's not just about having clothes on our back but nobody showed up in here in a swimsuit praise the Lord it's not just about being strong though God has a way of giving us supernatural strength It's all about Jesus this morning. The reason the church has been here 156 years is because in the garden, Jesus was praying for me and you. In John chapter 17, he prayed for those that would believe in him. And he looked at Peter and said, Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. What did he build the church on? On the gospel of the Lord Jesus. See, the church can't be built off how much money we make. If that's the case, we're in the wrong church, right? We need to go find us one of them. Mega Joel Osteen ones. We'll fit in. We'll fit in. No, it can't be built on that. It ain't built on how good we eat. Oh, no, it can't be built on that. Can't be built on how strong we are. I'll be honest, I feel pretty weak in my season of trial can't be built on our strength it will crumble that's sinking sand he said I'll build it on Jesus Christ you know if you're lost this morning God's offered a gift he's offered a gift that you'd believe on him that's in Philippians the gift is Jesus Christ you've never been satisfied with nothing we're about done but you've never been satisfied with nothing You know, I tried, and I I don't like, I'm not glorifying sin, but I've tried the dope. I've tried the alcohol. I was in Marines. It's part of life. I tried those things. Substances that would satisfy me. Satisfying is having joy. It's being happy. I tried to make myself happy making a whole bunch of money. Again, I'm not hating a good job. But I found out even with zero as an income I was happier than I've ever been. You know why? Because money couldn't satisfy and dope couldn't satisfy and alcohol couldn't satisfy And when it wouldn't, I would wake up the next morning and do it all over again to drown out my situation of unsatisfaction. So we continue to go to these things that we think provide joy and think supply the need and think they supply strength. Some of us that's been guilty of those things know what I'm talking about. It makes you feel like you're satisfied. It makes you feel like the needs have been supplied. It makes you feel like you have strength. Oh yeah, liquid courage. It makes you feel like you're strong only to wake up the next morning and find out the need is not met only to find out you're satisfying of soul is not. You're unhappy and not, not feeling joy in your soul only to find out that you're not strong at all because you've wasted your life out in the things of this world that would pr- think they would provide satisfaction only to come up short. Sure. I've been there. Some of us don't have to be drunks and dope addicts. Some of us are focused too much on somebody else's spouse. Some of us are focused on our job too much. Some of us are focused on the things of life and the enjoyment of life. But wanting heaven at the end of the road. Look, I love you. I want heaven too. But because of what Jesus did in satisfying me, because of what Jesus did in supplying that need, because of what Jesus did in strengthening me, because of what Jesus did in saving me, I love him so much, I don't want to do anything that would upset him. I'm in love with him. You know why I'm in love? Because he satisfied me when nothing else would. Oh, when I found Jesus, Uh, Joe it was like a it wasn't just a trickle of water in a rock it was a river of water I was overwhelmed with him I found out the need that I needed was not a bigger home, was not a new car was not shoes, not food I'm glad God provides those but that ain't what I need I needed him in here I found out no matter how much exercising I did, nor how many weights I lifted, no matter how many people I was rude to or, or gotten a tussle with, no matter how strong I thought I was, I found out with Him there's a strength that I've never felt before. I found out that the world that used to overcome me no longer overcomes me. He said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good joy. I've overcome the world. See, you can't have that joy till you have him. You can't have that overcoming strength till you have him. He said, greater is he that's in me, in you really, is he that's in the world. See, before the world ran my life, now since Jesus, I've been able to overcome. I've been able to conquer the things of the world. I'll finish here. I was talking to a man just the other day. And I told him, we well, was talking about bad habits. He was talking about things of the world. And I told him, I said, you know what? When I met Jesus, it wasn't hard for me to get rid of my alcohol. I said, when I found Jesus, it, it wasn't too hard for me to quit my even my cigarettes. I mean, things that God put in my life to say, man, I want to I be different. I want to change. I want to honor God in my life. I noticed that He gave me a strength I never had before. Some this morning, you've asked the question, can God, furnish a table in the wilderness yes he can, yes, he, can. <laughs> he can satisfy you nothing else will but he can you just gotta let him he can supply your need you're begging things you're needing things you're longing for things he can supply the need that you need you need forgiveness of sin some of you are weak you feel like giving up Hey, this is for the Christian here. We feel like we can't go another mile. This is too much for us. He can. Strengthen you. If you're lost, he can save you. If you're saved, he can save you from yourself. Doubt and discouragement and heartache. Let's stand all over the building. All head bowed and eyes closed. This is a time of prayer. They're getting ready.